welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. We are here with the Regional Director of Mission Advancement from Kids Around the World, Fox River. Let's welcome our brother and our friend, Brian Wall. Thank you. So glad you're here, brother. You might recognize, especially once Brian starts talking, you might recognize him from the video, but you might recognize him from last year's September meal packing event. We packed 140,000 vitamin-packed meals for children in Ecuador, and um, you might recognize his energy, his enthusiasm, his excitement, his kindness, his charisma. Okay, he's going to jump off the page here in a second. And um, anyways, Brian is with us, and, and not only is Brian going to be with us for our October 28th meal packing event where we hope to pack 100,000 meals together um, for children, but he's also agreed and, and just been so gracious to spend a little bit of time with us this weekend to share more about kids around the world, but also about his heart and even a little bit of his story. So Brian, just as we kick things off, can you just help us understand um, what is Kids Around the World and, and what exactly does kids do? Yeah, so Kids Around the World is started in 1994. Uh, in Rockford, Illinois, right down the road. Uh, we are a global nonprofit children's ministry. And at the heart of our mission is to impact the lives of kids and their communities uh, with God's transforming hope. And we do that through our three programs, our playground program. So we'll take playgrounds from here in the States. A lot of times it's usually around the Midwest, Illinois, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota. But we'll take playgrounds that are set to be removed. We'll take them out ourselves. We'll take them back to our warehouse in Rockford. We'll repaint them. We'll refurbish them. And then we build those playgrounds internationally. We've built, since 94, we've built over 1,200 playgrounds in like 60 different countries. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, the cool thing about the playgrounds is that the kids that are receiving these playgrounds, they've never seen anything like this before. So it really is a blessing. Um, the second thing that we do that Fox River is familiar with is our meal packing program. So we pack meals like we did last year, like we're going to do in October. We get together, we pack meals, and then those meals are shipped to ministry partners of ours. But I'd say like 80 to 85% of the meals that we pack as an organization go directly to children that we are ministering to. So kids that are coming to hear the word of God, and then their parents are actually given the meals to go home and to prepare for their family. Um, and the meals, these meals that we pack, um, the most important component of this meal is the vitamin pack. It's specifically designed for children who suffer from malnutrition because the majority of the kids we serve are food insecure and don't have access to the kind of vitamins and minerals that they need to grow um, and be healthy. And so the third thing that we do and the most important thing we do is our discipleship program called Kids Story. So it's a way to share the gospel with kids the way that Jesus did through story. And it can be translated into any language. You don't need any resources to do it. You just need somebody who is, has a heart for kids and is willing to share their heart and willing to share the word with kids. And uh, it, it, again, it, it happens amongst all cultures. I mean, if I were to give you the number of kids, probably about 3 million kids have heard the word of God through, because it's global, right? It's happening everywhere. And so those are the three things that, that we do as an organization. That's amazing. Thanks for explaining that to us. Um, 
Brian, how have you seen, just over the years, and then, and then even here at Fox River, how have you seen God use the generosity of people um, like us and our Fox River family just to bring hope to a generation and, and really make a difference in the lives of so many? Yeah, I see it a lot. Um, but something that, that makes sense to share today is a particular story about a little girl named Carla. Um, that's Carla. So Carla lives uh, in a fishing village on the coast of Ecuador. Um, she suffers from a disease called ichthyosis. And ichthyosis is characterized by thick, dry, and scaly skin. And unfortunately, because of this disease, she, she faces a lot of challenges. And two of those challenges are she can't be outside for a long time because if she's exposed to the sunlight, uh, it causes her skin to crack and bleed. And it's really painful for her. Um, and then the second thing, she can't go into the, the ocean. Right? So she can't get into the water because of the salt and the way it affects her skin. So those are two things of, you know, as a kid, if you can't be outside and play and you can't go swimming when the, the ocean's right there, it's kind of challenging. And so about a year ago, we launched a Hope Zone in Carla's community. And a Hope Zone is where we have all three components of our ministry in one community. And it's typically sponsored by a church here in the States. So Carla started coming to the Story Club, hearing the word of God, and getting the meals, the meals we give to the moms after the, the story club. And after about a month and a half, Carla's parents came to our Hope Zone leader and said, um, Carla, the skin on her, the palms of her hand and the soles of her feet is starting to soften. Well, it's a direct result of the vitamins that she had been receiving. Not only the vitamins, but the prayers that she was receiving when she would come to story club. Because the other kids would pray over her, the Hope Zone leader would pray over her. And after a while, she started to continue to, to eat the meals, and we started getting more feedback and more reports from um, the Hope Zone leader. And he sent a video and some pictures of her. And this was the last, so I, we do have a video, and the video, I didn't want to show the video because you would cry, I guarantee, because so it just, it's just her giggling and laughing. Um, to me, like, that is one of, the, like, that gets lost when we do these meal packing events because they're fun, because they're energy and we're singing and we're having a good time. You don't understand the impact that you make when you are being the hands and feet of Jesus just by pouring rice into a funnel. You are literally helping change lives. And again, I'm not giving all the credit to the food because obviously God has been a huge part of that story. Um, but obviously access to these vitamins is something that doesn't happen without people like you. That's awesome. Hey, Brian, so like, as I just think about, and I've, I've thought about this many, many times, and you even know, because I've told you, like, you just have this dream job. So just, just for fun, can you tell us, like, how in the world did you get the opportunity to step into this It was job? all God, all God. Okay. That's all I can say. Um, I was working in outside sales for like 15, 16 years, and just, I was good at it, but I was just very, just, I, I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't passionate about it. And when I started serving in the student ministries at our church, I really, like, I had always loved working with kids, but I didn't really know what that would look like. And when I started working in student ministries, I was like, man, I'd love to do this, like, as a job. And so I started praying fervently that God would answer my prayer and, and put me in a place where I could change kids' lives. And year after year, it just wasn't happening. And so I kind of came to the realization, I was like, okay, God, my missions field is where I'm at. And I'm okay with that. And then literally out of the blue, I got a phone call from a friend at church who works at Kids Around the World. And she said, Brian, a job just opened up at Kids Around the World, which I, I want to say doesn't happen often. 
She said, Brian, an opportunity. I think you'd be really good at it. I think you should interview Jeff, our president that's from California, is in town, and I think you should have a conversation with him. So I met with him. I went through the, the interview process, which was nerve-wracking because I was like, this is my dream job. This is what I've been praying for, and I don't want to screw it up. And I remember the day I was offered the job. Um, I was sitting in my car. I had just finished work. I took my tie off, and I put it in the passenger seat because I was getting on a Zoom call with my boss and our president. And my boss got on. She's like, hey, Brian, how was your day? I'm like, it was great. You know, not really. It wasn't great. Um, and I said, you know, I just took my tie off. And she said, hey, Brian, how would you like to leave your tie off for a really long time? And immediately I just got very emotional. And then, then her next breath was, oh, by the way, we're sending you to Ecuador your first week on the job. And I was like, oh, okay. Throw me right in there. Um, but again, I don't consider what I do work. I don't consider it a job. I consider it a calling. And I'm blessed to be able to just invite people into what God is doing through our ministry. That is amazing. So encouraging, by the way, too. Yeah. So, Brian, if, if you would, just take us even a little further back, a little more. How did Jesus first get a hold of your heart? Hmm. Well, I grew up Catholic, um, but I always say we were Christers, right? We went to church on Christmas and Easter, and that was about it. Um, it wasn't consistent. I went to Catholic grade school, middle school, high school, and it was really in high school where I really started to turn away from God. Because what I was hearing in high school is that, Brian, you need to fear God. You need to, you need to live up to this expectation. And, you know, 17-year-old Brian was like, that's not me. I don't measure up. I can't be this, this child of God that this God expects me to be. So I literally just said, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's not that I didn't believe in God. I just didn't think that I could be accepted the way that I was. And so... My freshman year in college through my early 20s, my mid-20s, I lived an extremely reckless lifestyle. Um, a lot of drinking, um, using drugs, and then everything that comes along with that, um, not, obviously not good things, just living a very fast-paced, reckless, reckless life. And through this time, my mom had always been very persistent. Brian, you need to go back to church. And when we got pregnant with our son, my mom was like, you know you have to get him baptized, right? And I'm like, well, I'm not Catholic anymore, and he's not getting baptized, right? Well, in 2009, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. And it hit me really hard because my father was my best friend. Um, whenever I needed my dad, he would come help me. When I was in college and I needed him, he would drive three hours to come get me and turn right back around and go back. Well, when he, he was diagnosed in 2009, immediately he started treatment at the Mayo Clinic. And from the beginning, it just beat him up. The, the chemotherapy, the radiation, his, his self-esteem was low because he had lost his hair. Because um, that's where I get my hair from, my dad. Um, and so just watching him suffer hurt me hard, and I was like, I need to do something to encourage him, to inspire him. And so, like, I said, I'm going to run the Chicago Marathon and inspire my dad. Like, I can do this. And I'm not a long-distance runner. So I started training for this marathon, and in about two months in, I injured my knee. And so I went to a doctor and was given a prescription for Vicodin with several refills. And I was very familiar with narcotics and, and Vicodin and what it would do. And so I could take one pill, 
and it would numb the pain in my knee, but then I could take like four or five pills and then just numb everything else, right? Because seeing my, like I did not know how to cope with what was going on with my dad, and so I turned to drugs because I didn't have anything else. Um, and, and all this time I'm like, I'm just waiting for someone to figure this out. But a year later my dad passed and that's when it got really bad. Um, my drug dealer was my family and my friends. If we were friends and you invited me to your house, you can bet that I was in your medicine cabinet looking for drugs to put into my pockets to take home. And um, eventually my wife figured out what was happening. And I went into a detox for about 10 days, which was the most humiliating and um, humbling time of my life. Uh, because in my mind, I didn't have a problem. Um, so... I got out of detox, I went into a recovery program, an outpatient program, and part of the recovery process is identifying a higher power than yourself. So I was like, okay, it's God, I guess, right? Um, and I told my wife, I said, well, if I'm gonna invite God into my life, if I'm gonna go through this recovery, uh, we need to go to church, because I can't do this by myself. So we started going to church, and I didn't wanna go far away, I wanted it to be easy, I wanted to go to the church close to us, but it ended up, we were invited to our friend's church, I came in, and I was like, all these Christian people are going to know that I'm not welcome here, and I don't belong here. Um, but it was the exact opposite. I got invited into a men's Bible study. Um, we started going regularly. I was going to NA meetings. I was reading the Word. I was being spoken into by strong Christian men and really learning, finally understanding that the relationship that God wanted with me was that father-son relationship that I didn't think was possible. So I tell people, like, God brought me to recovery, and recovery brought me to God, and it literally changed my life because I was baptized again. My wife was baptized. She never grew up in church. My kids were dedicated at church. I started serving in church. I became an elder at our church, and I was like, how did that happen? I am a drug addict, a recovered drug addict, and I'm serving on the elder board of this church. And um, I can just tell you that I've been sober since March of 2013, and um, yeah. And God, God is at the center of our life, and without him, I would not be sitting on this stage today. I'd either be drunk, dead, or I don't know. I don't know where I'd be, but I wouldn't be here. Well, we thank God that you are here and that God's done such a terrific working in your life. Now, Brian, you've seen firsthand how a, a heart for people and a, a message of Jesus can impact lives for the better. What, what advice or encouragement, just as we close our time together here today, uh, could you give to a person that maybe is feeling the leading of the Holy Spirit? Like, man, I really want to give. I, I, want, I want to join with kids around the world. I want to be a part of the meal packing. But at the same time, they have this other feeling of like, I'm just not sure that I'm going to actually do it. And there's this yeah. wrestling. What advice or, or encouragement could you give to someone like in that boat? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a very firm believer in... God blesses us so that we can bless others, right? He shows us grace and mercy every single day so that we can show other people his grace and mercy. And, and I tell people, like, that's one of the reasons why I share my testimony. I'm not special by any means, but I feel like I have a story that some people can identify with. Some people can be like, yeah, you know what? I'm broken too. And, and, and for me, the first time I shared my testimony, someone came up to me after church and was like, I'm struggling with alcohol. And I don't know where to go. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, I can help you. Um, so for me, I feel like I, I would just encourage you to, to give how you feel led. And that can look different for everybody, right? It can be your time and energy. It can be your finances. It can be prayer. 
Um, but again, God gives to us. God blesses us not to hold on to those things, but to be able to bless others and, and bless others and give out of God's grace. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank yeah. you. Um, if, if, any of, uh, if any of us would like to financially partner with kids around the world as it relates to our October 28th meal packing event, um, or if you'd like to actually serve and, for, and sign up for one of those serving slots on October 28th, um, you can do so by scanning the QR code. Um, for those of us on site here at the Waukesha campus, right, um, want to encourage you to stop by and say hi to Brian Please after do. service. Please yeah, do. He'll be in the atrium and, and just with you guys, that'd be great. want to encourage you to do that. Brian, as we, um, as we end our time together formally for right now at least, because Lord willing, we're going to see you October 28th. Booyah. Yeah. But um, as, as we end our time together today, Fox River is a praying church. Amen. Amen, yeah. So, so we're a praying church, and we, we would love to pray for you, your family, the good ministry that you're doing with kids around the world. How can we pray for you? Yeah, so the fall is always a very challenging time for my, my family because I travel a lot. My wife is a teacher. I have a freshman in high school who knows everything, um, a 12-year-old daughter who's going on. Again, if they knew that I, this was the picture I picked to share, this was from last year, my son would be like, Dad, come on, man. Dad. Uh, he's like a foot taller than me now, but... Um, but no, so this is always just a challenging time for us just because I'm gone a lot. So if you can be in prayer for that and just generally in prayer for our ministry, for us to be able to reach more kids. And it's not us, right? It's because of people like you and because of your prayers and because of the way you give. Like to us, that's how we reach more kids. We can't do it alone and we need you to help. So Cool, awesome. All right, Fox Liver, let's extend our hands towards Brian and let's pray for our brother. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for um, today. Thank you for the time that we got to spend together, Lord, as, 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 as God, just one big family. Um, God, we pray for Brian and his family specifically. Lord, help them in this, this season coming up that's a little more busy and, and just kind of getting back into the, the, the fall schedule and that sort of thing. Um, help them to, to work as a team. Help Brian to lead his family with his wife. Um, God, that you would be glorified in the love that they have for one another. And, and Lord, maybe even in some of the efficiency, which is a tough thing to, to grasp, some, grasp sometimes when it comes to family. But uh, Lord, help them to be efficient. And maybe even in the inefficiency, God, to glorify you as well. Lord, help Brian as he continues to um, serve with kids around the world and uh, um, uh, invite others into mission with you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for Pastor Bill. I pray for Bill for this morning for the message. Lord, I pray that you just prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. I pray, Lord, that it's your words that are heard, not Bill's. I pray that you just prepare us to, um, to act and to, to go where we are called and to just to soften our hearts if that's where we're at um, and just accept and, and hear what, what you have for us this morning, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Man, as I'm, as I'm thinking about um, just what Brian said there towards the end, we give out of God's grace. That's something that Brian and I had talked about in anticipation of, uh, of our time together here today. And, and as I think about just that, that encouraging truth, we give out of God's grace, just that, that powerful truth we give out of God's grace. I'm seeing two parts here. Just like there's two parts when it comes to human DNA, right? I get, I get one part from biological mom, another part from biological dad, and then, poof, God somehow breathes life into this, and now there's 23 pairs of unique DNA chromosomes right there, right? So, so just like there's two parts when it comes to, to life, there's two parts when it comes to giving out of God's 
grace. Which brings us to our 23 in me series maxim. There's two parts required, right? God's part and our part or my part, right? We give out of God's grace. God gives grace and then we give out of it, right? That, that, that's how it works. Now the truth is God has already given grace to us. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, by the way. Um, what we're really honing in on, and we will arrive there very shortly, is are we willing to do our part, which is give out of that grace that God has given. So with that said, let's get into the text. We're going to be hanging out in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today. I want to encourage you, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in your Bibles if you have them, or on your digital device of choice. As we get into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, here's a few things that we can just appreciate as one big happy church family here at Fox River. The first thing is this, um, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, all right, which is in Greece. He's writing to them not to not about Ecuadorian children, but he's writing to them about the Jerusalem church because the Jerusalem church is really poor, all right? They got, they got famine, they got persecution, they got a lot of new people living there that don't have jobs and, and the church is trying to support these other believers, like just unique situations there, but they're just absolutely dirt poor. And what Paul is writing to them about is he's encouraging them to give. He's like, listen, people need help back in Jerusalem. Your brothers and sisters need help. There's an opportunity to help. Would, would you step into that, right? And Paul, in this letter, and in chapter 9 in particular, he's reminding the church. And he's teaching them about the goodness of giving, right? And, and, and if we're willing to see it, he's doing the same for us, right? Even though it's 2,000 years later, he's teaching us and he's reminding us also of the goodness of giving out of God's Grace. So, with that said, we are going to dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to see the goodness of giving out of God's grace. And we're going to see how this whole giving thing works when it comes to the kingdom of God. How, do, how does giving, because giving works one way everywhere, right? But, but maybe it's a little unique when it comes to, this is how God does giving, okay? So let, let's check it out, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to begin in verse number 6. Here we go. Paul is writing and he says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Let's say that together. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's important to remember. Verse number 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things... At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I, I just, man, that blows my mind. i got to read verse 8 one more time. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Like, like picture you got this, this blessing barrel, right? And God's just filling it up with blessing, blessing. And then it's like gets to the top and God's like, oh, I got some more. And it just keeps on pouring. It's like overflowing. It's just this abundance of blessing. I can't hold all of this. That's, that's the picture, all right? God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. That is just powerful. So, Paul starts this section out by likening, because he's talking about giving, and even to sharpen the focus just a little bit more, he's talking about specifically financial giving, right? So as he talks about that, he likens it to this, this principle that God kind of infused into all of creation, all right? 
if you sow a little bit of seed, like in farming, for example, you can expect the harvest to be a little one. If you sow a lot of seed, then you can expect the harvest to be a bigger one, right? The same thing comes, is true when it comes to giving. And that, that's, that's why he's saying what he says. But he's like, listen, don't feel, because you feel different pressures when it comes to giving, all right? This is kind of weird territory in the church even, right? Like, man, they're talking about giving and just, ah, uh, kind of pulled different ways. And, and Paul's like, listen, don't give because, you know, you feel pressure. Don't give because you feel guilt. That's not how it works when it comes to giving out of God's grace. No, don't do that. Decide what you want to give, right? Decide what you want to give. Decide what you want to give. Decide how much you want to give, and then give it cheerfully, like with a smile on your face, right? It's wonderful. God loves a cheerful gift. Now, when we give cheerfully, here's a couple things we can know. We can know that our giving is going to make a positive difference. There's people who need help. And when we give money out of God's grace, those people are going to receive the help they need. We can know that. We can also, when we give cheerfully, we can also know that it's going to make God happy. God loves a what? God loves a cheerful giver. That's what, it's like he, he loves a cheerful giver. Someone who's giving him a smile on their face, God's like, man, I'm smiling about that too. God loves a cheerful. We, see, we know people are going to get help. We can know that it's going to make God happy. And we can also know that God is at work in the lives of those who cheerfully give. How's he going to do that? Because he's able to, to bless us abundantly. Those who cheerfully give, he bless them abundantly so they have all things at all times. They have all that they need, right? So they can continue to abound in every good work. Now let's just stop and pause here for a second. We took, we took this theology, right, and, and, and this, this big giving idea. This is how it works in God's kingdom. We kind of brought it down to, to understandable levels for, for, for our brains to kind of like soak in. Now let's make it sticky so it really, really sticks. Let's do just this, this fun, kind of silly. Some people are like, oh, Bill, why you got to do this, man? I hate these activities. Some people are like, oh, man, I totally love it. It reminds me of band camp. Anyways, all right, let's do, let's do, uh, uh, I wasn't, anyways. Okay, so let's, let's do this little activity. Wherever you are on the planet Earth, Waukesha, Muskego, online, you're driving in your car, you're at the office, wherever you are, you're in the living room, or where, wherever you are, you're at a, you know, Central Park in, in New York, wherever you're at, if you are on the right side... Um, let's say he gives. So if you're on the right side, say he gives. Ready? He gives. Okay. If you are on the left side, wherever you're at, if you're on the left side, then you say we give. Ready? We give. Okay. And, and so you guys say what? He gives. And you guys say we give. Okay. Ready? He gives. Then we give. Then. 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 Then, oh, this is so good. See, and that's the way God designed it. God designed it. See, he gives grace, and then we give out of God's grace, and then he replenishes us with more grace. Why? So that we can give again, and then he pours more grace in, and then we give again, and, and it's just over and over and over, this beautiful cycle of grace giving. Over, that's the way God designed it. And when we participate in that, because it's our choice, listen, when we participate in that, we get to glorify God. We get to show others what God is like because God gives grace. So when we give grace, even financially, remember sharpen the focus, is financial uh, uh, honing in on, then we are showing others, right, believers and non-believers, we're showing them this is what God is like. God is a giver, okay. He's a giver. 
God gives grace. Every good and perfect gift, every good thing in our life, guess where it comes from? All right, it comes from God, the Father of heavenly lives. This is James chapter 1, verse 17 specifically. Everything we have that's good. You want to talk about money, you want to talk about material, you want to talk about uh, uh, air that you're breathing, you want to talk about any relationship. You want to, I mean, anything you can put on this, anything good in your life, it's, why do we have it? Because God has given it to us. God gives us grace. That's the first thing. And then we give out of God's grace, and then he gives us more. Why would he do that? Again, so that we might be like him that we might follow him, that his work that might, might be done here, right, on earth as it is in heaven. I know that sounds really familiar to some of us. I know it sounds really familiar to Brian growing up in the Catholic Church. He and I, we had to memorize the, the, our father. Anybody else? Are I memorized? Yeah, see, you know it, right? So, so it, it, it's just beautiful. That's the way God designed it. Listen, whenever we give out of God's grace, three things happen. People receive help. People who need help, they actually receive help. The second one, God gives us more grace. And then third... Well, let's keep reading, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 9. Here we go. Paul continues. He says, As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. So he's quoting Old Testament there. Verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower, God supplies seed to the sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. All right? You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So three things happen. Others get the help they need. The second thing that happens, God gives us more grace. And then the third thing is this. God receives glory. God gets Glory, when we give out of God's grace, it results in thanksgiving unto God. There is nothing more valuable in the universe. There never will be anything more valuable in the universe than God getting the glory that he so deserves. I will die if it means God getting more glory. This is our opportunity. When we give out of God's grace, God gets glory. Now understand this. This message, our time together today, it's not about giving. It's about giving out of God's grace. Now, last week I'm talking to a friend of mine. And he's like, hey, you're speaking next weekend, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, what's the big idea? What are you, you know, what are you going to be talking about? And I said, well, it's giving and giving out of God's grace. And he's like, huh. He says, you know, you know what I've learned? Nobody can give out of God's grace unless they understand the depth of God's grace. And I'm like, oh, man, that, that, is, that is deep. No pun intended, all right? This is like deep stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking about that, right? And I'm like, so, so, so as you think about that, I mean, how deep is God's grace? How much unmerited favor has God shown you? How much undeserved help has God given to you? Think about it. How good has God been to you? When I asked myself that question, I, I took just a couple minutes, not, honestly, not that long, but, but just a few minutes, and I'm, and I'm thinking, man, how, how good has God been to me? What, what, what goodness has he shown me in my life? And I, and I very quickly was writing this, this list, and, and here's a little bit of what I came up with. God graced me with 23 pairs of unique chromosomes, all right? He formed me in the depths of the womb. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. God gave me life. He didn't have to do that. He graced me with it. He kept me alive during the first week of my life when I was starving to death because of a birth defect. 
All right, hallelujah. And then after that, when I had surgery, um, I got a staph infection in, in the wound on my stomach. I got this huge old scar on my stomach right now. And, and, but, but God gave grace to my mom, enough grace that she could keep that wound as clean as possible so that the infection didn't spread and somehow mess me up and maybe even take my life for possibly almost a second time, right? In the months following surgery, my mom kept it clean. That was grace from God. God graced me not only with a fantastic mother, but an amazing dad as well. And, and they loved me enough to introduce me to who the Lord was. They, they, they brought me to church where I learned a lot about Jesus. I, I thank God for those, those first years of my life, and I thank God for um, the wonderful influence that um, St. Leonard's Catholic Church in Muskego had on my life, and when I wanted nothing to do with God, especially during my teenage years when I was getting into all sorts of trouble, um, and I wanted to keep God at a distance, God remained patient with me. He placed people in my life like David and Reggie and, and, and Joanne, right? Why, why did he put these people, these special people in my life during those years to, to remind me that, that he was uh, still just so loving me, and to remind me that he was just so, so near to me that whole time. He remained patient. That was grace. I didn't deserve it. And when I hit the bottom at age 19, all right, he heard my prayer. He heard my cries for help, and he received me when I called out to him and asked him to forgive me of my sins and to receive me into his family. God has delivered me after that from addiction. He's delivered me from substances. He has delivered me from suicidal thoughts I struggled with for years as a child and adolescent. He's given me hope. He's given me a future. He's given me about 430 second chances. He's graced me with a wonderful wife and four amazing children. He's given me his Holy Spirit and, on, and even more, he's given me spiritual gifts on top of it, right? He's given me a purpose and he's placed a particular pastoral calling on my life that I never asked for, certainly didn't deserve. And if all of that were somehow not enough, he gives us enough financial grace to put food on the table, clothes on our back, have a roof over our head, and to pay most of our bills. And this is just the very tip of the iceberg. Listen, I have so much joy when I think about how good God has been to me, so much happiness and just in deep in my spirit and my soul, and I just want to thank him. I want to praise him. I want to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. I want to shout from a rooftop how good God has been to me because I know he's given me a lot of grace. And I know this too. He's going to give me more. All right? Now, I want to invite each one of us to do two things. The first one is this. Think about God's part. Right? When it comes to giving, how deep has God's grace been in your life? How deep? How good has he been to you? Now, you don't have to think of 15 right now, but I want to encourage you to think of one. All right, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. You think of one way that God has been so good to you. He's shown his grace in your life, and uh, you got about 10 seconds left. So when you, when you come up with that, I want you to raise your hand and then just hold up number one. I got one thing, and hopefully in about six seconds, everybody's going to have a hand up with, with the number one. I got one thing. God has been good to me in this particular way. You got two seconds, one, zero. Awesome. And, and notice our one, we're pointing up. This is God's part, okay? God has done his part. He's shown us grace. Now, the second thing, let's think about our part. And again, I want to narrow the focus. Let's think financially in a primary sense. It's much wider, right? Much wider. But let's just focus on, on the financial part here for a few minutes. What's our part? 
If God has done his part, what's my part? Hmm. Decide how you're going to give. Decide how much you're going to give. Maybe you want to give to church. Some of us are doing that already. We've got the opportunity, every one of us, to give more. If that's what the Spirit is leading, okay. Light the Way campaign, all right, is still going on. We can give towards that. All right, we can give towards kids around the world. We've got that meal packing event coming up on October 28th. I can give some money towards that. I can partner with God in that way. I can sign up for a serving slot. As well, I scan that QR code once again. Another thing we can do is we can uh, 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 give financially towards missionaries or those in ministry. Another thing we can do is give to neighbors, neighbors inside the church, neighbors outside the church. Who's my neighbor anyway, Bill? Everybody, everybody. That's that's what Jesus said anyway. We can give to charitable organizations. One that comes to mind really quick is the food pantry. All right, you can you can give towards that. It's amazing. You can give to strangers, right? People you meet, you know they need help. You can. You know, help them out financially. We do stuff like that all the time. Now, I want to I encourage you in this. Nicole and I have, have wrestled through this. We have talked about this. We have prayed about this. We've given to all of these things in accordance with the leading of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to do the same. And I speak from experience. This is not theory. This is not, it sounds really nice and maybe we can trick people into giving. <laughs> That's not what's going on. I'm telling you, we've lived this. We have seen the more and more that Nicole and I give the more and more we see God replenishing and giving more and more to us. We're not making it up. I'm telling you, God is so good when it comes to giving. And he's true to his word. God doesn't lie. He's true to his word. When God says something, he means it. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. He is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all yet you need, you will abound in every good work. Nicole and I have seen it. Don't let this particular opportunity slip away. Give cheerfully. Don't let this particular opportunity to give out of God's grace, don't let it slip away. Give out of God's grace today so that others who need help receive that help. So others that really need to see, maybe for the first time, maybe they just need to recharge, kind of down and out. You know how you get that way sometimes in your faith, you just kind of hit at a low spot, and you're like, man, I just need, I just need something, God. Maybe when, when we give, this can be that to some people who really need it. They can see the love of Jesus Christ and experience his love afresh. When we give out of God's grace also, it's so that God will continue to bless you and your family, and so that he will get the praise and honor and glory he so deserves. God has done his part by giving to us. Let's do our part now by giving out of God's grace today. Let's pray. God, thank you for the grace that you've given us, Lord. Help us to receive your grace, but also to recognize it. We receive so much of your grace, and it just doesn't register on our radars. God, help us to see more of how good you have been and how good you are being to us, Lord. Help us to give out of that grace, Lord, that we might become more like you so that people would receive the help they need so that we might see you at at work, Lord, in the lives of not only us but others as well. Perhaps when it comes to God's grace, um, you've received a lot of it. I I think all of us have, honestly. But maybe when it comes to salvation, like receiving Jesus, being saved from the penalty of sin, having your sins forgiven, receiving eternal life, you haven't received that particular grace yet. Perhaps there's some of us here today that would like to. Man, I want to receive God's grace. I want to, I want to be forgiven. I want to receive eternal life. If, if that's you, wherever you're at, online, one of our campuses, wherever you're at, 
If that's you, raise your hand, man. I want to receive that grace today. I haven't received that yet. Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right, for those of us looking to receive God's grace in that way, we pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of your forgiveness. I'm in need of your grace. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose three days later from the grave for my life. And I'm trusting in you alone, Lord Jesus, not myself, but I'm trusting in you to save me and to make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as Savior right here, right now. Thank you. Lord, help every believer, even those who just came into your family by your grace. God, thank you for that. Help every believer to give out of God's grace, to follow you and become more like you. Be glorified in and through your church here at Fox River, we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Thank you.